Hey guys, welcome to the Casey Catch Up. It's been a little while between recording, and I guess it's been because I've been busy doing foil camps. I'm actually down here in Torquay doing a couple. Um, got a few more in Wollongong next week, and um, a few more over in Western Australia in November, which I'll go into more details in soon. But yeah, just want to thank everyone for tuning in and, and being patient with with these podcasts. I've um, you know, recorded a lot in this short amount of time, I guess, but I, I've had tried to do these every two weeks but it just hasn't become realistic since um the birth of my first child Kobe. and um as my coach casey club gets a bit bigger um my talk back tuesdays get a bit longer and um answering all the questions and stuff so basically just wanted to say um thanks everyone for for watching or watching or listening to this and um if you do want more regular content i'd love to have you on the coach casey club it's 50 bucks a month and um Basically, it's better than any new gear you can buy. <laughs> Ask anyone who's signed up. Um, you, you learn stuff and it changes the way you think about foiling and and paddling and stand-up paddling and surfing and, and everything. So um, just a quick one to say thanks, everyone, for tuning in to the Casey Catch-Up, this downwind foil series. But also, if you are looking for more content, um, hit me up, um, whether on YouTube or, or Instagram or Facebook, and um, I'll talk to you about, I guess, what, what we can sort out for you with the Coach Casey Club and my online coaching. Uh, I also want to talk about my foil clinics, especially for those in Australia. I'm uh, I'm doing foil clinics, so I've done a bunch on the East Coast this this winter and I'm looking at launching a few more up in the Lennox region with, with Earth Kite Surfing soon for 2023. I'm also um, doing some foil camps in Wollongong um, in on the 20th, around the 20th of October uh, for the weekend. And then I'm also going over to Western Australia for a couple downwind foil races, which I'm super excited about. I'm doing a bunch of downwind foil clinics over there too with um, Stand Up Surf Shop and the foil shop over in Perth, or North Frio. And uh, looking at doing um, the Mandra Duel, which is a race down just south of Perth and gets really good winds. Um, it's a ski race, but they've um, kindly allowed us foilers to join in with them. And it's just the first half for the king of the cut, but it's a really good first half and it should be a really fun sort of sprint of a race. Looking forward to that. And then he- heading back up to Perth and doing a bunch of flat water and bumpy water downwind clinics um, for all the crew there, all the frothing downwind crew in Perth. Um, and then looking at doing the West Coast downwinder, which I've, a race I've never done actually. Um, it's about 25 kilometers from Fremantle down to Sorrento where the doctor finishes. Um, but unfortunately the doctor hasn't um, allowed foils to, to enter this year. So I would normally be doing that, but I'm probably looking at going to Marimbula instead. So stay tuned for dates and um, details on Marimbula. But they're the foil camps I've got coming up. Wollongong around the 20th of October. Um, Mandurah and Perth over in Western Australia around basically November 10 to November 20 is when I'm there. Um, but yeah, so if anyone is in, is from that area and wants to hit me, hit up or hit me up for a session or get out and do one of the clinics with me and the, the frothing crew, be stoked to have you and, um, yeah, be in touch, head to my website, www.kcaus.com and, uh, yeah, stoked to get another episode out there and looking at lined up a few more people to try to get a few more of these running into the Aussie summer. So, um, thanks everyone for tuning in following along and i hope to see you out in the water soon so without further ado the casey catch up with dylan henry i um, enjoy it it's been a, it was a fun one catching up with uh, an old mate happy downwinding
Hey guys, welcome to the Casey Catcher. I got Dylan Henry, I'm a good mate of mine. We've been we've known each other for a long, long time in the SUP scene, and and now we've sort of transferred over to the foil scene, and we've had a few good sessions together. But um, the reason I got Dylan on today is because he's fully cracked the code for downwinding over in Maui, and he's come back. And I've sort of been pressing. Come on, I want you to get it on the east coast because I want to do downwind runs with you on the east coast here in Australia. And um, he's just come off doing a downwind run, I guess, a couple of days ago on the weekend with with Perth. And um, it was just an opportunity to, to discuss the the limitations, of how conditions can make things better or, or harder or easier, um, and then equipment. So, Dylan, welcome to the podcast, and um, thanks, thanks James. for your time. Yeah, mate, thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, a bit of a rush to, as we said, to, to get in here for this podcast today. But yeah, mate, uh, well, what do you want to do first? You, let's you let's, let's talk about, I guess, your background. So so like, how did you get into SUP and what led you to foiling? Right, so SUP for me started in 2007 or 2008 when I had an 11-2 Mickey Minoz Mal and I stood on it. I was imitating Glenn Turner, like as a smart-ass kid, you know, oh, I've got a paddle. He handed me the paddle and I took off with the board and I caught away. And I was like, holy shit, like, this is cool. Like, how do I get into this? And he's like, oh, I'll have a chat to your dad. And I was like, oh. And that's when I realised everyone in Merriweather knows everyone. And uh, Glenn shaped us some boards. He got an old sailboard, cut it down the stringer line, put all broken boards in it to make it wider. And then I was making paddles out of, like, mum's vacuum cleaner pipe. Uh, like, so much random stuff. There's a full story on it on my on my SUP Newcastle website. And... um. That's how I got into SUP. Then we got into competing. Uh, and then the whole thing with C4 Waterman, Hannah Finlay-Jones, Richard Finlay-Jones, Simon Dodd, that sort of community started. And then that snowboard into ECS. And then I travelled with ECS to the US and competing a couple of, you know, short course races. Carolina Cup, I did the short, the short one, not the long one. That's not for me. Um, and then into SUP foil. My first time foiling was at Burwood Beach, just south of Merriweather, on Richard Finlay's retrofitted inch tuttle mast with a kai wing. And I was like, surely it's not that hard. Like, you know, it's really just paddle under a wave and it comes out of the water and you start flying. But <laughs> yeah. like, humbling experience that was. I was shot to the stars and then I got absolutely belted. And I think for me, and I think for a lot of people, it can go one of two ways. People will either go, foiling's too hard, too dangerous, too expensive, or wow, this is really, really intriguing. I know other people can do it, so I want to do that. And I think that's what happened to me. I was like, if they can do it or, you know, watching you at Red Head in that 2018 event when you pumped down the beach and I was like, where's he going? You know, I was like, <laughs> I want to do that. So that was the start for me for foiling. And uh, I just, I got a, when I was working with ECS, they brought out their own foils and, they were good at the start. Like they were, they were pretty good, similar to an Eva. And then they had problems with connections and and things bending and whatnot. Um, and then I got a, a GoFoil Kai and Eva. And then I just obviously still ride the same stuff now. Yeah, yeah. So that's, uh, it's it's that's cool to hear. I haven't heard. The, I guess I'll have to look at the Sutton Newcastle thing for the full story because we've only got a little window to do this. Yeah, part, yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah. I want to. So this is a downwind foil podcast, basically. So let's let's dive into that. So yep. when did you just? I guess twenty eighteen when I did that little down the beach on the prone. Redhead's an epic place in the Northeast, and I'm looking forward to hopefully getting up there for a run with you um, this yep. summer. But um, yep. when did you decide? Yeah, I want to learn a downwind foil. I'm ready. 
Oh, ready. Uh, about <laughs> three weeks ago when I was in Maui. Um, no, look, my, my downwind journey, uh, I first tried at Tuggera Lakes with Willanito, uh, Scotty, uh, someone else. I tried it. I was on a 6.5 Jimmy Lewis board with a 29-inch mast, GL240, and a 17 flip tip on a long pedestal, you know, and I could hardly pump around that. I got up for about 60 metres of six kilometres, and then I was gassed, completely gassed, and then I was like, right, this is really, really, really hard. So then I didn't touch it for about a year, and then we're at state titles. I think it was at state titles at Port Stevens that it kind of got cancelled and we all went anywhere. Yeah. And then someone was going for a... I think it was Tracy and stuff were going for a downwind on their 14s. And I was like, oh, oh yeah, I'll come, I'll come. And I had the Sonova 5.4 with an M280. Yeah. And <laughs> I got up at the start where the bumps were really close together. And then as I got further down the run, I, you know, I was out of breath again and falling off and getting frustrated. And then I'm looking in the distance and there's no one around me. I'm going, this is not good. Like, this, is, this is not good. So I... Couldn't get up again, and I ended up paddling across wind on my belly for about a good 50 minutes. Yeah, wow. I, I came in at some random beach, and there were these two girls having hot chips out of, and there was no one around. I was like, can I use your mobile phone, please? Like, you know, and I rang my partner at the time, and uh, she came and got me. So, and then I didn't touch it again until about October last year uh, when I got my 6.5 E3 Kalama and the GT2200. And I went back to Port Stevens with uh, Rob Giddos and Glenn Cochran and uh, I did a run. I got up straight away and I went the whole way with my hair dry. And I was like, holy shit, like I got yeah. it. And then we drove back, we drove back and we did it again. So I got two runs in and then I did a couple of little Tuggera Lake ones again. I did a Lake Macquarie one. I do the bar beach to Burwood prone, tap in and pump out. And then sometimes we get the jet ski in the water and we do, you know, tow assisted downwinding. But mm -hmm. I hadn't done any subfoil ocean downwinding. Yeah. So moving into Maui, I was like, I'm going there to do it. Like that is what I, I'm setting out to do. I'm going to Maui to downwind foil in the ocean. Yeah. Like kind of like a huge move in a way. And I think for me, I'd done those little ones. I'd watched your live stream stuff because it's first person. Mm. I've watched Tomo and Dave's stuff all the time. And, like, so I was, I've watched it. I've dreamt it. I've visualised it. And then I was paddling out in the Maliko Gulf with Dave just going, I'm here. Like, here I, I am here. Yeah. But I'll go back a step. I went, the day I flew into Maui, I messaged everyone. And Dave said, come up to my joint, come get your board. So I got, I got my, my barracuda and I surfed it prone for a day, which was kind of cool. And then I was paddling out the gulch and I never really stood on the thing. And it was like, okay. So I'm paddling out a new board on a P&L, straight into a Maliko. It's howling winds. It's super hot. Water is just like piercing blue. And I'm going, this, this is what I've dreamt about. I am here. And we all sat out there and I'm sitting on the board with Dave. He sort of, he said, how are you feeling? I'm like, man, I'm, I'm like excited, nervous, scared, like all these valid feelings. 
mm. about what I'm about to set off and do. Because when we were driving there, I said, how long's the run? And he goes, oh, I think it's nine or ten miles or something like that. I'm like, oh, okay. Right, I, guess. <laughs> I said, I said, should we do a short one? And he went, no, there's no point doing a short one because you get, tomorrow you're going to do a long one. Mm. So you're doing a long one. And I'm going, oh, my God. Right, let's do it. Let's let's get in. Let's get into it. And I was like, I'm oh, fully shaking. You know, when you, I don't know, you probably don't get it, but you hop up and your legs are shaking because you're like yeah, kind yeah. of nervous. For sure. And then I stood up and I'm like, yep, yeah, I'm into it. And I took about three and I fell off. And I was like, oh, <laughs> oh no, oh no. And then Dave, Dave just said to me, breathe. I must have been holding my breath or something. But uh, and then I just sort of sat on the board and I sort of, you know, dropped in to. Holy shit! I'm I'm here. Like this is what I've set set out to do. I've done the training. I've done the work. Come yeah, we come from the sub background. And then I paddled up and I was on, and I was riding. And it was, I guess, all those things that I dreamt about, visualized, watched, trained for in the lake and stuff. Mm. all happening on a grand scale and then Tomo's there with the camera filming and everyone's hooting everyone's having a sick time and then Dave and I are sharing bumps and it was super cool but it was hard and I think and you would agree so many guys want to get into downwinding like so many mm. if it's paddling kneeling laying whatever it is they want to get into it it's so hard but it is so rewarding I guess what do, you, what do you reckon about the the difficulty side of things? Oh, it, that's kind of why it's the pinnacle, I think, because it is so hard. It, it seems so far out of reach, but I think what you did was kind of perfect and, you know, bar those, um, you know, <laughs> bad experience runs. We all have those. Everyone, like everyone's had a run where they've had to be picked up early or they used the wrong equipment <laughs> or... Um, yeah, yeah. My first one was using the Kai... In over in, in WA, WA, I think on, on the, yeah. man, the the king of the cup run, and it was yeah. We got like three k's of ten k's. We just came in and got someone to pick us up, and yeah. uh, then I got up for you know a total of fifty meters, maybe. Oh. Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 I was yeah, pretty stoked. On looking back on the Kai, getting up on that thing for my first go, I was like, oh, oh it's not bad. <laughs> that's, imp- that's impressive. Yeah. I, I kind of want to um have a session where we all ride the old gear, like the the Kai and Alu Eva. Yeah. And 200 yeah. and then whatever two, other yeah, the 280s yeah yeah well. like do like a, an original contest or something like that everyone has to ride like old gear yeah it's got to be yeah. older than 2019 <laughs> yeah 100% before all like gl and stuff came out i think yeah everything was all like thick and curved and whatnot yeah um but, but yeah like, and then and then i guess the the, the bay runs you did to me is it's the perfect training ground. And the reason, uh, you know, with my online coaching, I talk about this, but like a bay run is like a green run. It's like a groomer. And the reason it's it's good is one, there's only ever one, um, I guess, swell source or bump energy. It's all going in the one direction. So if it's a big northerly wind, the bumps are going to be coming from the north and going yeah. south. It's, there's nothing else. And in a bay run, it's like a lake or a harbour or whatever it is. It, it, it makes it easier to read, first of all. But second of all, it's easy to match your foil to the speed of the bumps because normally a bay or a lake has short fetch. So a bigger foil is going to be better suited to those slower moving bumps. You get the ocean and you've got swell coming from the north, wind coming from the south, and then you've got reverb coming off the headlands. That's, that's, that's not even a bad day. That's, that's, 
three normal, energy sources, and yeah, that's, yeah. that's kind of considered normal here on the East Coast. You know, that's oh, a good day. You know, there's, the wind's blowing strong enough, and yeah, there's some swell, but it's okay. Get out there. It's not windy that often. So yeah, um, yeah. then you go to Hawaii, and Maliko's as close to it's not a bay run, but it's consistent and it's organized. The, the, the trades come from the east, northeast, and yep. the swell comes from the east, northeast. So in saying that, the start of my redhead run I did the other day was felt very similar to the start of Malika. Mm-hmm. But Kihei, that's more of a bay run, yes. I would say. So Maliko, and I'm sure you've done Maliko way more times than I ever have, but we had when we were there, we had north's northeast swell and north swell coming through it. So we still had to, it was still challenging. Like yeah, there was some there was one day there which it was like yeah, we came in and the guys that we went with went yeah, that was that was challenging kind of thing. And then there was other days like our, our last Maliko run, Dave rated it an eight and a half out of ten. <laughs> I was running I was on the eleven fifty RS like it was yeah. so sick like it was oh it was the best it was so cool and then about maybe one mile from the harbour, the wind swung north and it was shocking. Like, it yeah. was – I laid down. I laid on my belly and paddled into the harbour mouth because it was, sh- like, that messy. messy. Yeah, I just couldn't get dreaming. going. I just could not get going again. And it was – and the tide was running out and it was just mm. similar to what happened on uh, Saturday. So, yeah. So, you want me to talk about this? Did you do a Kihei run when you were over there? Yeah. So, I did about – Five or six Kihei's, and I did about five or six Malikos. Yeah, in in twelve days. Yeah, no, so it was it was pretty cool, right? Like I, I went with um I went Mick with Mick Branch. He's um from Cronulla, mm-hmm. um, and he's he downwinds as well. Like in Botany, um, he, he took Perth for his first downwinder. Yeah, right. and um, so we, we we went and um every morning we wake up at six and we go surf or sup foiling somewhere like guardrails or harbour or uh, something like that and then you go and have a feed and then it was like the downwind alarm it felt like we're in a fire station or something we're sitting around doing nothing just relaxing then you get a text message meet at a lure at 1 30 and you're just like oh my god just like you know you're around grabbing stuff and then you're in the car you're over there everyone's in the car park frothing out and then you're downwind and then some afternoons we'd go winging after downwinding you'd be asleep at 8 30 Alarm goes off at six. You do it again. Hmm. By about four days into our trip, I was like, "Dude, I feel like I've been here for a month." Yeah. Chihei <laughs> <laughs> was really fun because it was a really good crew. There was a lot of um, like some ladies are in their sixties who were doing it hmm. and killing it, like absolutely yeah. killing it. And then there's guys in their sixties that are doing it. Then there's younger crew. There's Gabby. There was Austin, uh, Kane, like. And it's just a really cool crew that goes. It was just so groomed and you're crossing over and it was really good. And then Maliko was not as many people and more challenging but more rewarding because it's so challenging, yeah. I guess. Yeah, I fully get that, yeah. For people who are getting into downwinding, like, as we said, it's hard. Like, mm. it is so hard. And what I find is, what I found over there, like, I learned a lot, you know. You're kilometers offshore there's no one in sight you all start together and then you're all just fluorescent dots in the distance around each other like yeah and then 
you're up and you're foiling and then for me like I don't know something happened I thought about something else that I shouldn't have thought about and I come off foil and I was just swearing at myself and swearing at the world and just going and then I sat on my board and I went no no one can help you out here like it is you versus you and then and then you start like thinking that you're seeing sharks and seeing shadows and you're going oh yeah right this isn't fun and then you hop up on your board and you go right there's only one way to get in get on your feet paddle up and go and then you get up again you're like yeah yeah i'm going again and you're like and you're having a sick time then you come down you're like oh god damn it oh no and then you're back again it's about like i guess and i talk about when i teach foiling as well is you've got to be 110 percent in the moment to foil because there's so much things going on and with downwinding what i found is you can still think about other things as well once you get in the rhythm but for the most part you're doing 30 kilometers an hour flying down bumps so far out to sea if something goes wrong it can be catastrophic like do you know what i mean like well you know you go on your own all the time yeah well that, this is something that i've spoken to people like people say why do you go on your own and i say well you know timing xyz you know there's so many things it's hard to line everyone up but also if you do go with someone it doesn't actually make it that much safer you know no. they're not they're not helping you they're not pulling your hand and saying look i'm going to help you get up and then away you go <laughs> if you fall yeah. and someone else is up they're not stopping and waiting for you they're not going to stop for you no no like someone falls off i remember i fell off i was on a kihei run and that was uh, uh devon she rides an axis and she just got her barracuda and it was her first day, and I was filming her, and I had my hair dry, and I was, it was a really good run, and then I fell off. Mm. And there's footage of her just, like, going straight past the camera. Yeah. And then I, like, come up, and I was like, oh, they're just like a dot in the distance. Yeah. And I, end up, I end up catching up again. I was like, let's, let's, let's go back to the, I guess, Devon flies past, and then she's a dot in the distance, and no one's waiting for you. You know, it's like no. you can go with a group, and it's, it's safer because someone knows you're out there. But if you yeah. go on your own and you've got, I guess – my wife is always driving, so and I call her when I'm out there if something goes wrong. And yep. I use yep. Marine Marine Rescue app, and I've got a life jack. I've got, you know, I've got a, lots of safety things going on. But um, if you're in a group and no one has phones, that's less oh. safe. That's way less safe than going with a phone on your own. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. And and we all had phones on us, uh, and we were all in like red or orange, yep. and I wore a fluoro yellow uh, Camelback. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's when you go as a group, it's fun at the start because everyone's frothing, there's nerves, it's fun, and you're all paddling out together, and then pop, 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 and everyone's gone. And you're like, oh, okay, yeah. cool. But like, no one's really, unless the bumps are really good and you want to, you're filming each other, whatever, someone will stop and then get going again. Like, Dave was really cool. He was like traversing, mm. he was just like almost staying in the one spot. Like, at yeah. one stage, he went past me and he was gone. And then I was way down the run and I fell off. And then he was behind me and I went, hang on, where did you come from? And he goes, oh, I saw some buddies over there. So I stopped and had a chat and I was like, I didn't even, but how? Yeah. Like, did you go, Did you do an upwinder or something, mate? Like, what's going yeah. on here? It's amazing um, the angles you can cut up wind or across the wind. I do that a lot of the time with Zane and it's like he'll take a little longer to get up and going and I'll be literally going 90 degrees to the wind and then I go yeah. 90 degrees back the other way to the wind and, you know, it's, yeah, it's... You're just surfing, right? You're just taking a right hander, yeah. And then you go to left hander and over the back, and then into the like. And you can sort of stay in the one spot, I guess. But yeah, it, it's harder than to going downwind, but it's but it's 
yeah, to to do a run with a friend, you kind of have to because it's hard to get up on the same time on the same bump. Yeah, and then well, I'll, t- I'll talk about the the, the redhead run. Yeah, so, so you've come home now, and yeah, give us the. I came home now. Uh, there was a couple of things. There was Savoy. Perth was in town. You asked me to do one before today, <laughs> um, <laughs> and I was able to put Liam Wood on my jet ski and send him out to sea. So we were some sort of support, you know. Yeah. And it was interesting. So Perth came up and we're tra- trying the new RS850 in the surf and we got some good footage and had a really good time. And then the subway was coming up and he was like, do you reckon we'll get a downwinder in today? And I was like, oh, yeah, whatever. Like, we probably will. And then we're like, you know, kind of getting ready. I got a jet ski ready. got all the safety gear ready. Liam's like G'd up, ready to go. Um, and then we're watching like the Sydney thing and he's getting video sent to him from the Sydney crew. And then we're looking Nora ahead. He's like pumping subtly and there's nothing at Nobby's yet. And we're like, Oh, do we go? Like, oh, yeah. So, yeah, let's do it. Let's like, let's go. So it was a logistical nightmare, you know, driving my car to the boat ramp, meeting Liam there, dropping him in the water with a jet ski, leaving the trailer there, picking Perth up, going to Redhead. We get to Redhead. It's thunder and lightning. There's like peppering rain. Uh, another mate, Shushka, he came as an experience as well. And then we walk over the dunes at the beach, and it's like. Three and a half, four foot short up. And I'm going, oh, literally, it's like, this is not, not good. Bowie anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, it was, it's bigger than I thought. And I was like, how am I going to get out? Like, shit. So I walked south past the shark tower and like, we we're sort of running because, you know, and Liam's out there on the jet ski going, like, come on, hurry up. I've been waiting here for ages, kind of thing. And freezing cold. He had a shark, big shark skin hood on, which was pretty good. Um, and then I guess the foil and the sup background getting out, you sort of have this like a way of doing it. And I got out with my hair dry pretty much. Yeah. And I was, but I was paddling, and then I hopped on the sled and I was like, can you just drag me, like drag me out the sea? So yeah. he's dragging yeah. me out the sea. And then we got out the back and like, it was the worst conditions. It was east, northeast swell, like decent size hmm. and southerly wind and a thunderstorm chasing us down. Like, yeah. not smart. Like, <laughs> but, but hey, but hey, Perth was in town. We had a Savoli and I had Liam on the jet ski. It couldn't have been too bad, right? Yeah. So we started to get going and Perth got up straight away and then I got up straight away behind him and I was like, oh, we're on. How good's this? Mm-hmm. And we're going, but it was tough because you've got the Savoli, east northeast swell. Swell bouncing off redhead headland, thunderstorms, bit of lightning everywhere. There's a rainbow as well, which is kind of cool. Mm. And there's all this stuff going on. But I went for about three kilometres with Perth. Like he was sort of like here. And then I didn't even know what happened. I don't know. I must have been looking at something else over there. And then I look and Perth's about a kilometre to the east. And I'm going, I think that's where I've got to go. But then the light was, it was almost like I had to wear snow goggles. The light, everything was the same shade of grey. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't really see what was going on. And then you're going over stuff and you're like, oh, God. Then you turn downwind and then you're pumping and then you're pumping uphill because you're going over a swell. And then I came down after 3.8 Ks, which I thought was pretty good. Like first go, there was all that, oh, mm-hmm. this is pretty hectic. Like there's a lot going on out here. And then... I came down 
And then I got up and I got to probably like Burwood, like the shit works at Burwood. Mm-hmm. And then Liam finally found me because I was wearing red sleeves, orange and yellow. So at least he could see me. Yeah. And um, he dragged me out to sea and then I went again and I got to about Bar Beach and then yep. he dragged yep. me out to sea. And then from Bar Beach to Newcastle, because you've got that massive cliff at Streslecki there, there was water coming from every direction. And it was almost to the point where I I couldn't get going again. So then I just hopped on the jet ski and they drove me to Nobby's and I, and I went in. And then the Perth's nowhere to be seen because it only took him 36 minutes and it probably took me an hour and 36 minutes by the time I got there. Um, but it was good. It was a good experience, that I guess, for people who are unfamiliar with the coastline of Newcastle, it runs northeast, southwest, mm-hmm. and we had a southerly. So I was basically getting pushed towards the coast the whole time. So you had to really veer right and go northeast. But I just took the wrong line. But it was an experience. Like that's that's I guess the biggest difference. And I was just chatting to Jeremy about it. The the Maliko run, while even with the north swell, but the east wind. The, the coast sort of bends away. Yep. So you've got all this room to go in towards the shore. Yep. Whereas um, on the east coast of Australia, our, our winds are either southerly or northeast. And I think for Newcastle, you guys kind of need more of a southwest because the coast is a little bit more open yep. and the northeast is probably even better than it is for us here. But those angles make a huge difference. And 10 degrees pushing you into shore makes... The world of difference, really. And if the, if the coast is coming back out at you as the wind's blowing you in, yeah, it, it makes it um, that the lines you've got it makes it more technical, basically. So yeah, it was it wasn't it wasn't groomed like it was it was super technical. I'm glad if if I hadn't had the experience of being in Maui and doing those downwind as I did with Dave and Tomo, Alex, all the crew, and that, that those guys were mentoring me through it. Like Dave was behind me going, "Cut left now, cut left now," and then he cut left. I'm like, oh. How did I not see that that was there or something? And then that was really cool. If I was to go out at Redhead and do try and do what I did without going to Maui, oh, world of hurt. Like a, yeah. a world, I would have just hopped on a jet ski within the first 100 metres, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> but can you just take me home or just take me back and I'll just yeah. go back to my car and That's go home. So there's no shuttle. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I'm pretty keen and I, I, I guess the hard part for me has been the, there's not many people who are into sub-foil downwinding where I live here in Newcastle. There's guys that are winging, but that's different again, I think. Yeah. Like, And I think there's more guys who are wanting to get into sub-foil downwinding locally. Like we do a little bit of flat water pop-up stuff, you know, just sometimes, and there's more people who are wanting to do it. Yeah. Um, and yeah. now now that, you know, foil drive is pretty cool, like that's making it more accessible for people to get in. Um, I've sort of changed how I my, my view on a foil drive. It's pretty cool. I'm watching a lot of older guys now getting yeah. into swells out the back that aren't even annoying anybody, and they're having a sick time because they're getting heaps of waves. And I think mm. for getting into downwinding, you can't rely on it. I don't want people to end up relying on it because if it breaks and you can't get up again or then yeah, or, or it runs out of battery, for example. And you're cooked, yeah. And then you're cooked. But I think for Newcastle, and I guess if there's anyone watching, uh, listening, Redhead to Blacksmiths is 10Ks. Nor'easters, even though we're back in the what do they call it, El Nino or Nino? La Nina this year, yeah. Yeah, yeah oh. so she's gonna she's gonna cook it for us again probably. But mm. 
nor'easters, redhead to blackies or redhead to Swansea Channel. I think it's going to be all time. Mm. No, definitely. Yeah, that's the perfect angle. And um, I remember Rory Chapman did a prone run there probably back in 2019 when, yeah. I was, you know, and just the angle is as good as it gets. You know, it's it's straight down along the beach and, and the swells and even for a prone downwinder, it'd be really good. But for, because the beach is so long, but for out, out wide, I think it'd be, you know, just as good and gives you a bit more options if you fall that you can get up quicker. Um, yeah. There's options too. There's like Barubi back to Stockton, but it's Great White City. Yes. Um, but I guess Redhead and Blackies, you can, you know, Redhead and Stockton, you can drive on a beach. So you, realistically, you can have a support vehicle on a beach like yeah. if you do end up coming in. And mm. then there's also like Northern End of Hawks Nest, uh, Gibber back to, to Hawks Nest Beach as well. But once again, Great White City. I, I actually did in a northeaster, like and it was proper northeast, like not east. It was almost more north northeast. Um, I did um, Shoal Bay to Soldiers Point, basically, in an outgoing tide. And so, you you, Delaware. yeah, went inland. It, yeah, went inland. Yeah, it was actually really good. Um, I because the angles was quite north. I had to I winged across towards Hawks Nest, and then I deflated and did the entire run to um where we finished the this was it um ford's reserve or something george ford reserve anyway, george george reserve yeah that little park yeah, yeah, yeah that little park i finished yeah. there and it was it was a sweet angle it was like because it was way more east than you would have thought and obviously i had the tide running out against it so it was standing it up just like yeah. you were the westerlies but it was yeah it was um i was like oh this is where you got to teach it like um it's an epic place it's just groomed you know it's yeah. and calm and there was a few different angles going on because of the the wind whipping around there was a little bit of swell coming in but the further in you got the more groomed it got yeah um, and the bumps actually got bigger because the fetch got longer which yeah of course yeah which is um, like kihei kihei starts off this big and then it goes bigger and then by the end you're surfing you are yeah, yeah. like mick mick and alex uh rode this the gt 1770 uh on a run and obviously they were slower they got up way quicker than everyone else Mm. I was watching Mick just do like roundhouses, like, and I'm just going. Uh, I'm on a on an 1150, just like you know, in some sections now, like like pump my ass off. Mm. But like these guys are surfing, and then one one day I'd use the uh, Maliko on a, on my six five E3 with a GT 1400, and it was the same thing. I could actually surf. Yeah, you, know? you had the paddle just hanging onto it, and you were surfing, and it was. I guess when you tap in to all that. And you relax. You're just surfing. That's all. You yeah, do. and that's if you can match your foil to the speed of the bumps. It, it and that's that's the trick. Like I always say, you're better off being slightly overfoiled than you are slightly underfoiled. Because oh, if you're underfoiled, you're just pumping and you're working. You may as well be in flat water. You're not getting energy from any bump. Yeah. Um, the Instagram clips look sick for that. You know, 30 seconds when you're turning really hard in that small foil downwind. But yeah. but the reality of it is, you're working even. Um, Zane put up some good clips on the the ninety downwinding. He went out with, on the ski and he was he was ripping. But I spoke to him after. He's like, "How was it?" He goes, "Yeah, it was good, but I was working way harder than I would have been on like a one twenty, you know." And he was like, yeah. "Just having to pump a lot more." And the turns on the section felt really good, but to link those two sections was much harder work. So he's like, "I'd never." He's like, "I don't think I'll ever use that unless it's really windy." Um, yeah. Okay. So it's matching your foil speed to the bump speed, and the more you get out there. And the more consistency or consistently you get out there in the conditions that you know, which is why Maui is so good because you get consistent wind almost every day and 
you know, it's all nice and you can sort of factor stuff in, wind strength. If it's stronger, you use a smaller foil. If it's softer, you can use a, a bigger foil. On the east coast here, we get winds from the south and the north. We get swell from the south, the east, the north. Like there's so many factors. There's rebound. There's swells that are coming from, you know, the Pacific. There's swells that are coming from the Southern Ocean. There's, you know, there's just, there's a lot going on. It's not a, there's no, there's no pattern, basically. Yeah, there's a lot going on. And I think my, like my go-to setup was the P&L, just because it's got such a good glide. It's such a good oh, glide, yeah. Great, yeah. great stall speed. 14 FTL on a 70 mast, consistent. That's what I used. Hmm. I think my redhead runs, I'll probably stick to that just for consistency, I guess. And then if it's if it's muking and not much swell, then maybe 1150 because I can get a, I can get up on it. Hmm. I didn't change too much, you know. But yeah, yeah, the 1400 I did use when it was lighter. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. But, and then there were days that I chose the wrong wing and I suffered. Yeah, come in. It's just just one size up or down, and it's yeah, like literally. Oh, I wish I used that other foil. <laughs> like I, used an 11, I used an eleven. I used an eleven fifty when I should have used a thirteen hundred. You know, yeah. and then yeah. and you and you learn the hard way. I won't mm. do that again. Like, yeah, sure. Some bumps were good, but for the most part, I was working really hard, really yeah. hard. Yeah, it was, yeah, you know, yeah. I, so I, it's um, it's it's a good. I'm stoked you've you've like I guess in the last what. So you say October last year or October this year? October last year. Oh, it's not, yeah, yeah. So obviously you've been doing it for about twelve months proper, having given it a good crack. Proper twelve time. months. I would have done two two Port Stevens runs on the same day on a twenty GT twenty two hundred, mm-hmm. and then I did Tuggera Lakes and Lake Macquarie on a twenty two hundred. So like Tuggera Lakes twice, Lake Macquarie once, and then I did. Tugger again on a 22 and then on a 1770 and then that was it. So realistically, what was that, like seven? Seven yeah. downwinders. Yeah. But as you know, but some of the other people, I come from a SUP background. Like I, I SUP foil. I started SUP foiling and then yeah. I got into prone foil, tow foil, wind winging, downwind. I can flat water pop up now. Mm. But I'm, I'm, not, I'm not an athlete. Like You're not a race guy. That's, that, I'm not that's... a race I'm yeah. not an athlete. I'm not like, like I don't know why you guys paddle like what you do. Like that's that's I, I, I work smarter, not harder. That's, that's yeah. thing. But uh, it's for people. I, I guess I because I come from a sub background. I'm now glad that I came from a sub background because it's made my foiling downwind foiling easier. Mm-hmm. But I guess there's a lot of prone guys who are really good at prone foiling who want to get into downwind who are now learning to sup or have to learn how to sup or bring that ego down and be like damn i spoke so much shit about sup for so many years and now i've got to bloody learn how to do it damn it like but i guess now the hand paddles thing the like the clubby style get ups mm. or even laying down it's it's getting more accessible the gear's getting better the foils are getting more efficient more lifty etc cetera, etc cetera. Mm. i think the next this year this season will be like the initiation for a lot of people getting the downwinding in Australia. Yeah. And then, like, I had people messaging me when I was in Maui just, oh, should we do a trip? I want to do blah, blah, blah. Like, ask me all these questions. Um, whereas next season, when I hope this, what a, what a name is, El Nino or whatever it is, yeah, she, yeah. she pisses off. Yeah. And um, we get some decent conditions. I think there'll be a lot more people in it. It'll be a good crew, but I think everyone's got to realise that at the start, 
you're all together, and then by the end, everyone's scattered. <laughs> yeah, in five minutes, it's all. Five, five minutes, everyone's gone. It's just like, where'd all my mates go? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hang on, hang on. They're actually behind me. <laughs> yeah. So I think, I think, um, yeah. But for those crew that are in Australia and looking to downwind, I think, um, you, you've got to make the most of the bay runs. Like I know a lot of the crew in Sydney have done the botany runs and have had a lot of success in that because it's controlled environment. Um, pit water is a less consistent version of the botany run. Sounds like Lake Macquarie, Tugra Lake. Um, yeah, Lake Macquarie is a bit how you're going. Um, yeah. But Tugra Lake uh, from north entrance back to Tukley Bridge at 6Ks. We're doing it on, I think, Thursday and Friday just because yeah. it's well, it'll be too gnarly out to sea. Yeah. Um, but I think if there's anyone listening who's, you know, in Central Coast, Port Stephens, Newcastle, even Sydney, like this summer, I think the Northeast runs redhead back to Blackies uh, and a bit of a shuffle. I've got a trailer. Let's fill it with boards and foils and go. Yeah, well, no, I think it's 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 gonna. I'm going over to WA as well um, in November and doing it. Oh. You know, Perth is as close as you get, and actually Cairns as well. Perth and Cairns are about as close as you can get to Maui, I think, in terms is of. That, is that to the King of the Cut or whatever they call it? Is it? Is yeah, it it's King of the Cut's not on, but there's a few other races. I'm doing the Mandra Duel and the West Coast Downwinder. So I'm doing two two races back to back weekends, and yeah, it's going to be a bit of fun. I hope. What's the dates on those ones? Oh, on November, I'm going November 10 to 20, and I think the West Coast Downwind is November 18. It's the Saturday, and then the Mandra Jewel is the Sunday, the 13th, I think it is. Okay, early November, yeah. yeah. yeah Marimbula is on around the 24th to the 27th. Yeah. And then nice. I'll, I'll go over to WA. I'll go from the 1st nice. to the 7th. So yeah. hopefully there's some wind for us over there. And oh, there'll be wind. Yeah, so just it's kind of better, I reckon, December onwards. Um, that's good to know. Yeah, so there's plenty of crew over there. So that's the thing. I guess this is all about building the community, the Down and Fall community. So, um, yeah, we'll have to create a bit of a group and get everyone. It's a bit oh. of a vibe, isn't it? Like everyone's oh. everyone's frothy. And you come in and everyone's talking about how good it was. And yeah. did you see this? I did this. And it was, I think, in Maui, that's what I was really special was to everyone was so encouraging, uh, so positive. Like it, it was like a just a big, it was people, oh, how are we holiday? Well, it wasn't a holiday, it was just life from a different place with different friends. And I'm going back in six weeks to do it all again. Like, yeah, I, I saw that. That's I was so back good. for three days and I was going, uh, gotta go again. <laughs> so I booked my flights, I'm going again. So November, yeah. I'm out of here. Oh, good. <laughs> Right. Lucky man. Um, thanks for your time, Dylan. I only had a, really a little window, but um, I think a lot of people get a lot out of that. Like, I guess bay runs, I guess the, the, the reality is, look, it's easier options to learn. Like, Maui's the dream. And if you can get to Maui, I definitely recommend getting over there and getting runs in with Jeremy and Dave if you can. And you're going to learn so much. But if you, if you are here in Sydney or if you're in Newcastle or somewhere on the East Coast or anywhere, if you're in Europe or wherever, you can do it in lakes, you can do it in bays. And, like, just think about matching your foil to the speed of the bumps and, and having, I guess, just the one bit of energy. Like, ocean runs are harder because there's multiple energy sources and there's all that going on, and it's harder to paddle up on smaller foils that you need in the ocean. But bay runs, like Hood River, for example, is another one. Um, if you've got the wind coming along and there's just that one source of energy, match it to your big foil, you're going to get up and going. And, and yeah, big foil, big foil. Consistently, yeah, it's... Just a matter of time, <laughs> I guarantee you. Yeah, more people will be into it. And, uh, yeah, like I said, I think there's going to be a good crew in the next sort of 12, 18, 24 months. 
yeah but just people frothing on it because it's like you said because it is the hardest it's the most rewarding and how often is it that you get to surf for 10 15 for you 200 kilometers you know yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, it gets a little bit old after about um, 80, <laughs> I think. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's um, I, I encourage everyone to, to at least give it a crack yeah. and get into it. But like, well, as we both know, like you've got to match your equipment to the conditions, and having the right equipment and equipment that you can stand on and get up. Like it's the same as surf foiling. Don't go too short on your board if you can't paddle up. If you can't paddle in a wave, you can't get to your feet. You can't foil. Mm. You can't foil. Mm. Or you can't. Same, yeah. as, same as the foil uh, downwinding, if you can't stand on your board for a start, then you're not going to get up. Yeah. And then if you haven't got a foil that's big enough to get lift on the small bumps, you're going to paddle a long way. And it's going to be a very humbling experience. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Yeah, I bet you we've been starting to do a few, or just yesterday afternoon we did a flat water sort of just session on the lake and um, TC came down and Zane and Indy and JB and Anthony and we're just all trying different gear and trying different boards and trying different people said, oh, that one was harder than this one. You should try this one. And you just got to do some time in flat water to figure out what works for you, how you can get up and going. And, yeah, you, you, you'll get it. You just gotta, it's not something you're going to learn straight away, but give yourself yeah. a solid block, you know, give yourself a month or two of having a really good crack at it and it's it's going to happen. Yeah, on, on just on that, on that flat water thing, I think where people are trying boards, just in, in my opinion, is, Trying a board in flat water as glassy is not realistic to being out in the ocean where it's so messed up. Yeah. It's that, that's one thing I, I sort of thought, but also too for guys that don't have a SUP background, getting a recreational paddle board and get, getting, grabbing your wife and your kids and going for a paddle to learn the technique will help. That's, that's what I reckon for sure. Definitely. But in the ocean with a foil on your board and the, in the, the shittest of shit conditions, and you've never stood on the SUP before? Yeah. Good luck. Yeah, that's like there's guys like <laughs> Matt Costa who's been on my podcast, Kyle Malagro, like, oh, SUP falling is the hardest thing you'll ever do. But they start yeah, yeah. on like negative leaders, like oh. short, narrow, like they started on the like what Kyle Lenny's using. Like and he's sucked yeah. on his life basically, you know. And yeah, yeah. Just, you, you know, I think Jeremy Riggs and Dave Palmer, like with the big longer barracudas, high volume. You know, that's that's where it's going to get people into it. And, yeah, you may be able to progress to what, you know, Kai's using, but is it really going to help that much? I don't know. It's up. I think it's up to where you want to go with it. If you if you at an elite paddle level and you can get a 6-1 out of the water at whatever volume that it is, and then once you're up, it's really good because it's, it's more manoeuvrable in some ways. But if you want to get into it, get a board that's got glide, stability, volume, and a big foil. And you're not going to work as hard and you're going to have a ball, but you just got to, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. Uh, yeah. Some people will go in there, we'll get to, to something that's too small and they'll have a humbling experience and be like, holy shit, yeah, I think I need a bigger board yeah. <laughs> or yeah. a bigger foil or whatever it is. Yeah. So, or, or more time. But, yeah, I think you can definitely skip a lot of weeks of pain by going maybe a bit, a bit bigger than you ideally want to end up on. And you're, yeah, going to be able, sure. you're going to be able to move the board on, I guarantee it. It's, it's booming. Oh. It's, you know, if, yeah, if you get a downwind board and you want to downsize or progress to the next thing, someone will buy it like yeah. that. It's cool. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, I know you guys are well and truly sold out of, of your gear. I'm well and truly sold out of my gear. Yeah. It's just people are going nuts for it. It's like they'll get whatever they can, you know. Yeah. 
So uh, appreciate the container that arrived yesterday at WSS yeah, sold. of the Sonova Elite and Pro downwind and um, yeah. sold out. Though the 6.6 was the one everyone wanted and it's, it was gone literally an hour of unpacking everything. Like, yeah, yeah it's, it's crazy. Like what, my next container, Kalama, we push it back for Barracuda and then I actually got, I've got a surprise order coming soon. Uh, like before, before the end of the year, and all the downwind boards are just they're gone. Like, and I'm like, oh. I should have ordered more. <laughs> well, Dave wouldn't give me any more. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem. It's hard. So, hey, I, I it's going to be a good summer. Yeah, yeah it's going to be a great summer. I, I can't, I'm really looking forward to getting in a few runs with you and all the crew from all over East Coast. And um, yeah, let's let's keep in touch. And thanks for your time, mate. Appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks for having me on the show. Thanks. My pleasure. Thanks, mate.